Feeling better? Looking better. Making life better. It's Life Tips. Life, life, life. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Life Tips. Life tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to the Life Tip Show, everyone. I'm here with Darren. Darren, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's great to have a guest that's living the dream, more specifically the remote dream. Tell it, tell, tell us about the word remote. Uh, in, in, yeah, in, yeah, so, uh, yeah, living the living the dream, right? No, remote uh, basically means anywhere that you want to be. It's not being assigned to a predetermined piece of real estate day in and day out with no real agenda. So it could mean home. It could mean a co-working space. It could mean. Uh, on the beach, man. Uh, I've done I've done work from uh, a lot of places. So it's anywhere you want to be. Do you think that there is a, a certain skill required to be a professional remote employee? Uh, overly communicative and really, really focused. Uh, if you lack both of those, you're going to struggle. But the good news is, I think both of those are teachable and learnable. Uh, and and when you're not face to face with somebody every day, relying on email and phone and FaceTime, these become really important so you don't fall off of anybody's radar. Have, have you seen failures in your in your day with people working remotely? And, and what were some of the takeaways that you learned uh, from, from people that just don't mesh well with working remotely? Yeah, I, I have, actually. Uh, some people, it just doesn't really click. And I honestly think this is why co-working spaces exist. So even for people that don't work in a corporate headquarters. Uh, they still feel like at home. There's too many distractions or they can't focus. So they will go to what is essentially a mock office with a bunch of unrelated people working just so they can be in that environment. It's, it's almost like a safety net for them. And uh, back, back at Engadget, when I was training new writers, I would always train people virtually. I would never actually go to them and train them in person because I could learn a lot about how well they took feedback or direction through something as simple as an instant message. That's really crucial for our line of work. Tell us about the focus problem, uh, the other, uh, I mean, the ability to almost hyper-focus as you, as you described it. How do you teach somebody how to do that? Yeah, um, I think it's, it's partially ingrained and, and, uh, and partially teachable. I think what goes a long way is getting someone into a role that they're incredibly passionate about. What I've seen over the years is that if you can provide someone with work that they feel is meaningful and you provide them with uh, an ability to make a difference in an organization and they know at all points in time that they're making an impact and pushing things forward, it makes it a lot easier for them to stay focused and their mind not to wander. And so as crazy as that sounds, uh, if any managers or management's listening, empower your employees more. Uh, It's less about cracking the whip, hey, focus more, and more about giving them work that they can't help but be focused on. On behalf of just about every employee, and there have been hundreds of them over the years that have worked for me, what about this concept of, I'd like to work from home one day a week. I can focus much more there, and I really want to crank work out. What's your take on that part-time remote play? You know, that's actually what I did for a few years at first as I was kind of easing into it. A lot of organizations, particularly for entry-level jobs, they they aren't super comfortable with giving people carte blanche remote access if they don't have a history of working well in a remote environment. And that's understandable. In part of my book, I walk through some steps on approaching your manager and approaching your boss and trying to get to a fully remote position 
it is almost never just a cold turkey switch. It almost always starts with, uh, you know, Mondays or Fridays, I'm going to work from home, we'll see how it goes. And then maybe Monday and Tuesday, and then slowly but surely, you can work your way into a more flexible schedule. But I have no problems with starting small and seeing how it goes. It's definitely an adjustment for some organizations. Now, for some, it's less so. Virtual just comes naturally. But for, for older, established organizations, it's definitely a change. My wife runs a team of about 100 people that work remotely, actually. So uh, I'm, 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 convinced, I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. So pa- pass some That's over. awesome. Uh, but, I'm but, glad to hear it. But, but having said that, um, tell us about hiring employees that are going to work remotely and what criterion you should use. Yeah, it's, uh, it, man, so, so much of it comes down to personality. Uh, it's, it's remarkable. When, when I hired people, writers at Engadget, I, I hired 20 or 30 over the years. So much of it came down to uh, just how, how things felt on the phone, how things felt over instant message. Because if you're never going to see this person, you need to know that you can interact with them through the thick and thin over something like phone, over something like email. Uh, and a lot of people, if they, if they see a, a, something on email that's not exactly positive, you know, they take it really hard. And if that same message was delivered face-to-face, they would recognize that there was sympathy and empathy and all of that. So you have to work with people that are willing to sort of envision themselves in an in-person environment so that they take advice over the written medium the same as if it were being delivered in front of them. What's your take on, uh, you know, a, a, a corporate office, maybe small, you know, accommodating, say, 20 or so people, and then a majority of people, you know, rotating in and out of the corporate office for various periods of time to, you know, build bonding, build culture, and sort of, you know, have at least one nucleus, if you will, that everyone could go to and, and, and enjoy and feel like is a mothership behind it. How important do you think that sure. is, and, and, and does it make sense? Yeah, I think that's absolutely critical, and I, and I speak about this in the book. A lot of times I'll have people say, well, what if the whole organization works remotely and no one ever sees each other? And I'm actually not the greatest fan of something like that. I'm not saying it can't work, but when I was at Engadget, we had writers and editors distributed all over the world, and we only got together as a team twice a year, one week in January and one week in July. And for those two weeks, it was, it was like a, a family reunion. I mean, hugs were given, high fives were given. Uh, we goofed off together. It was like getting back together with the gang. It's just remarkable what that in-person meeting feels like when you only do it twice a year. It's like if you see the same person every day in the office, the novelty wears off a bit. But if you only get together a few times for very focused and specific meetings, magical things can happen. So I love having a nucleus. I love getting together on some, some schedule for some reason, uh, it's, it's always good to see people in the flesh. I mean, we're human beings, we have relationships, and I think it's awesome to do from time to time. Tell us about managing people remotely. What, what are the tricks there? You know, it's, uh, it's almost undoubtedly going to be tougher. Uh, it's, the trick with managing people remotely is that they, uh, when your office is your home and you don't actually physically walk out of uh, a workspace, you think about things at all hours of the night. You'll shoot off emails here and there and in the morning and late at night. and So you, you end up having to manage over a much wider spectrum of time, particularly if your organization is 
over different continents and different time zones. And so you, you really always have to be on. I mean, I, I, one of the things that has always been a part of my life is that my mind is never really fully shut off from work. And that drives some people absolutely crazy. They, they don't want to run their job just so they can try to avoid that. But you just have to be super, super responsive. Uh, when, some, when employees come to you with problems and issues and, and suggestions and they want input on things, you've got to be there for them. Uh, if, it were, if you were in an office, they could just drop by your office and they would expect instant gratification. So you have to come as close to that as possible over things like phone and email. What about the type of jobs that fit well for working remotely versus the type of jobs that might not fit so well? Sure. Uh, unfortunately, roles like manufacturing and, and being an anchor on Sports Center or, or being mm-hmm. a surgeon where you, you have to have your hands on real breathing people, those really aren't going to go remotely anytime soon. Now, there are some pretty wild surgical robots that I've seen allowed uh, doctors on one continent to operate a robot in another, but I, I don't think we're there mass market yet. But there's so many jobs that can be done remotely. I have a brother-in-law that works in an accounting firm, and then day in and day out, they all of the people that they go in, they open up a computer, they look at spreadsheets and paperwork that's faxed or scanned in, and it's it's the kind of work that could be done anywhere. And so, knowledge-driven jobs, computer-driven jobs, they're all right for it. And I think writing and editing is one, teaching is another and marketing is another. And those are massive, massive areas with all sorts of avenues. Do you think that compensation should change at all for, for, for people working remotely? I mean, on one side of the coin, you're actually saving the company money by not having to uh, you know, have a, have a, have a sure. roof above you and a floor below you. On the other hand, it's a freedom and it's liberty and it's less stress and wear and tear and commuting expense and all the fun stuff. How do you, how do you, how do you balance that act? Yeah, you know, for a company in New York City, for example, just the facility charge of having another person tap into a desk and a chair and, and shared internet and, and drinks and lunch and things like that. I mean, it's, it's a massive, massive expense. So by employing someone remotely, you get to avoid all of that. And, you know, I've heard the arguments of, well, we could probably get away with paying a remote worker less if we give them the flexibility to work remotely. And that's actually true. And honestly, I think it's totally a case-by-case basis. Um, some people would actually be willing to take less uh, to work remotely. It's just part of the total compensation package. Some people might be willing to take less if you give them more vacation or if you give them less responsibilities. And so when I think about remote working, it's just another negotiable perk when it, when it comes down to it. Personally, I don't think it's necessary to, to pay remote workers much less than, than folks that maybe commute in every day in the city. And the reason is, when it, in, in my experience, if you pay a normal wage, but also let them work, work remotely, they almost feel this obligation to go above and beyond in almost every situation because they're so grateful for it and thankful for it. So I'm not saying it's an excuse to have somebody under your thumb, but I've just seen people, people are pr- appreciative of it. Very rarely do they forget how good they have it. Let's take a brief, a brief station break, and I'm, I'm dying to ask the, the next question, which is where can this go uh, quickly uh, to, to hell in a handbag? Back in just a minute, everybody. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. 
When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Creating a website is not an easy task, and there are so many companies to choose from. How do I know which one is best? It's a big jump making your site mobile-friendly, generating sales, and answering questions with no struggles. If you want to come out on top, you need Frog on Top. At Frog on Top, we take the time to make your site generate money, not just look good. Our team of experts are WordPress savvy, and our customer service is leaps ahead. See why we say our websites are designed better by leaps and bounds by going to frogontop.com. Frog on Top, your one-stop solution for the web. Frogontop.com. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point click and it's live in real time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point click and it's live in real time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point click and it's live in real time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. So psyched you're here today, Darren. Really great to be chatting with you today. It is. Thanks so much. It's good to be here. Where can it go really, really wrong? Let's first look at this from the employee's perspective. Distractions, family, crying babies, dogs barking. Those are a few (laughs) thoughts that come to mind on conference calls. You know, tell us where things can go wrong and what what tips you might have to to avoid those mistakes. Yeah, uh, I have definitely had, uh, right in the middle of an incredibly important conference call, FedEx shows up to the house and my dog completely loses his mind. And, you know, (laughs) what are you going to do? It is what it is. Uh, but, but, you know, I've seen people in offices where somebody will just barge through the door and they don't know they're on a call and there's a disruption there too. So, you know, tit for tat to some degree. But I, I will say, working remotely, unless you build some pretty solid and rigid confines, it, it can encompass your mind uh, in a way that's unhealthy. I know for many, many years when I was trying to do a whole lot at Engadget, uh, I would go to family gatherings, and though I would be there physically in person, I was mentally completely disconnected. I was worried about what text messages were coming through. I was worried about what emails were coming through. I was worried if our code was going to get pushed through at the right time. And so when you, when you feel like the office never really leaves you, that responsibility can easily bleed over into 
mental health and mental sanity. And it's, it's on the employee to put their foot down and say, no, I, I need this break. This is breaking me down. It's actually inversely, uh, it's actually hurting my productivity on the long haul. Do you find that compartmentalizing a particular section of your house, for example, is a good idea to shut the door and leave it behind you as you ver- you know, trek off to the other parts of your home? Yeah, I do. If at all possible, it's it's an incredible luxury to have. In my current home, uh, we we converted what was the formal dining room into an office, and that's that's what it is. So when I'm in the office, I'm doing work things, and then I do my best to to really not step foot in here outside of that. And again, for people that are in cities and they don't have the luxury of enough space to do that, I think this is why co-working spaces exist because they can go to that facility be in their office, and then when they leave it, they feel somewhat comfortable letting go of work at least for a minute. Funny that you chose to abandon the dining room as a family uh, initiative. Yeah. That's sort of, <laughs> I think that's quite common. The most, I think that's the, the, the one room in the home that is completely underused. Yeah, I, I would agree. You know, I think what's going to happen with uh, the new home plans that you see cropping up to serve millennials, they're going to do away with the formal dining room and introduce the home office, and they're going to make a ton of sales just by renaming it. But we'll see. Tell us about etiquette, you know, remote working etiquette. Do you think there should be any etiquette rules? For example, do you announce to your your person you're speaking with on the phone, you know, fair warning, I'm working from home um, today, um, parentheses in every day. <laughs> um, so, you may hear, so you may hear my dog bark, you know, or, you know, do, do, right. what are the etiquette rules for, for working remotely? I've definitely done that before on a conference call where uh, most of the people on the line were external facing and they didn't work with me on a daily basis. Uh, and honestly, you know, a lot of people are scared to say something like that because they'll think, oh, I'm going to be judged. But truthfully, I've had more people say, oh, that's amazing. That brings up a great idea. Maybe we should start doing that. That's actually what happens more often than not. So it kind of gets a, a pretty interesting conversation going. But so much of it is just laying the foundation when you find a new role or the colleagues you have to work with on a regular basis. If they know what you do and, and where you are usually, it's, it's really not a problem. Uh, it's on you, of course, to be responsive and for, for you to communicate what hours you're going to be around and how people can, can reach you. Same as in the office. Uh, as long as you go the extra mile to make sure that you feel as plugged in as possible, uh, it's, it's becoming less of a strange feeling to have to phone someone that's working remotely. And I'm, I'm glad we're moving in that direction. Is it odd that I might have literally fear that if I were from home, I would take advantage of opportunities to slip out a little early and play a quick nine holes of golf? Or, I mean, is that odd that I fear that in my own style? Not at all. And uh, actually, I, to some degree, I encourage this. Uh, one of the one of the perks I see in working remotely is, is what I call a nonlinear workday. And so this really deconstructs the eight to five or nine to six or whatever, where we've been in, ingrained as a society that from these hours, you can only ever do work, even if it's maybe not the most opportun- opportune time to do work. So there's been days when I'll get up exceptionally early and plow through four or five hours before most of the office even gets in. And then I'll go out and hit the ski slope. So I'll go take my dog for an extended walk in the park. And if it's on a weekday, it's like you have the whole place to yourself. So it's a great time to do it. 
And then if it bleeds over a little bit, I'll come home and I'll work well after people have already left the office. So at the end of the day, if you tab up everybody's hours, I've worked the same, if not more. It just wasn't in that same block of time. And of course, this requires incredible trust and incredible knowledge of your employees and they need to prove that they can operate in that type of environment. And it never works out every single day. Some days you're going to have unavoidable calls right in the middle of the day. You can't scoot around them. But not every day. That's kind of the beauty of it. You can sort of adjust to it day by day to best take advantage of it. What's the risk from the employer's perspective and, and how can they mitigate risk? Uh, the biggest mitigation is in hiring. Um, it, is, it is just crucial to hire from the beginning uh, someone that you can trust. And uh, I think a lot of times what, it, what uh, serves the employer best is to let the employee become a really solid member of the team for weeks and months, maybe travel up to HQ pretty routinely for the first quarter until everybody's really familiar with your face. Because what ends up happening then is whenever they see an email from you going forward, they associate it with your voice and your face. It's not just some nameless, soulless communication coming across. Now, for people that are already employed, this is why I think that the baby steps approach works so, so well. Laying out a really solid foundation of how this is going to work and what's going to happen if, if it doesn't work and things like that, it's worth the effort. Because if you just say, sure, work remotely, and there are just no boundaries or expectations set on either side, it can really go sour pretty fast. Because if you keep these things underneath the surface and the employer expects one thing and the employee expects another thing, there can be animosity that's just really unnecessary. You put together a one or two hour call and meeting where you just hash all of these things out and it just operates so much more smoothly. Have you read some of the recent studies analyzing the open space environments and how they're just fostering, you know, distractions and decreased productivity? How do you compare that to the challenges you have working from home. Yeah, I, and, and I occasionally drop by offices that are open space, and it, there's no question that it encourages distractions. Uh, it almost invites people to drop by and, and, and sidetrack you on whatever you are doing. And it's, it's really strange how that works out. It's almost seen uh, as a negative if an employee just hunkers down, headphones on, and just plows through work for eight hours without interacting with people around them in the queue. But you know, when it comes to the bottom line as a business, isn't that sort of the ideal employee? I mean, it, it might seem a little strange and introverted, but when it's all said and done, somebody that's working that maximally efficiently uh, should be given more credit than I think they usually are. But at home, you know, there's, there's equal amounts of distractions. If you have an open-air office, if you've got kids running around or, or dogs running around, you have to deal with those things, too. But it's not like the people at the office really have it any easier these days. They're fighting their own distractions. They're just very different. Is there anything you regret about not working remotely or anything, actually anything you miss about not working remotely, about working remotely? Uh, Yeah, there are a few things like spur of the moment team get togethers. Uh, Recently, we had a colleague who was moving on to a different job and uh, the core team threw a gathering in, in his hometown to sort of send them away. And it was a bit of a bummer that I wasn't able to be there. And so for still the moment type meetings like that, it's, it's a bummer and, and you miss out, but you know, you, you do your best to FaceTime them while they're there and, and, and try to be a part of it as best you can. 
And if you're really involved and really engaged with the team, they understand. They know you want to be there. They know you're thinking of them. Uh, and, you know, you'll try to schedule your time up there next time when everybody will be around and, and get together then. How about terminating somebody that works remotely? Yeah, I've uh, unfortunately had to do that a couple of times, too. It is, uh, it is no fun whatsoever. Um, How do you do it? You can't fly out and meet them face-to-face. You send an email. No, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's usually phone uh, and, and then follow up with the details over email. It's, it's no good, but you know what? You know one thing I have heard from an employee that actually was very, very understanding of it? He said, I was so much happier to receive this news at home than if you had made me come into the office and then I have this humiliating experience and have to trudge through the office and back home. At least, at, at the very least, I was in my own safety net, my own comfort zone, and in my own element when it happened. I mean, that's that's kind of like brutal honesty, but I, I get it. I get it. And so it's it's never easy. I don't think it's any easier or any harder than, than terminating in person, uh, but it's it is uh, it it wears on you for sure. You don't soon forget it. I mean, even having this conversation now brings back a lot of feelings that I don't love to think about. But so it goes in business. How about work attire? You know, have you have you fallen into the trap of just not dressing for success, if you will, and wearing your pajamas into your desk in your home office? And <laughs> or, or do you feel like you should put at least some semi-work clothes on, some casual work, and take a shower and you know go through a routine? Sure, sure. You know, and uh, I'll be completely honest with you. I've done both. There are some days where it's a struggle just to get up. And so, you know what, the pajamas are going to have to work for a few hours until I, until I get my act together. But on the whole, I definitely put a lot of effort into dressing up appropriately as if I were going out somewhere. Uh, because the truth is you never know what's going to happen during your day. You may get caught out somewhere unrelated to work, but it, it just, it feels better. It feels, it's something mental about doing this routine it gets you into gear uh and so i recommend it uh, i know some people that go way above and beyond like they will fully dress up collared shirt uh tucked in belt everything and uh you know to each his own i don't quite go that far but i do i do try to get beyond the pajamas whenever possible though i will say they're pretty comfortable and i would not complain if sweatpants became the norm in corporate offices across america <laughs> powers of that i think i mean i don't know i'm an employer but uh casual is casual is good um uh and, and remember we don't want to uh think of the small entrepreneurial small companies that uh that that have those benefits of casual attire and more relaxed environment and work at home options i mean that's you know small businesses are the fabric of the u.s so we, we need to have that sure. competitive yeah. advantages let's hope the big companies stay stodgy and big open yeah. offices, right? <laughs> I hear you, yeah. Darren, final couple questions. Um, who would you like to get a hold of you, and how can they get a hold of you? Uh, so I have a website, DarrenMurph.com, and my Twitter handle is at DarrenMurph, and uh, my contact information is up there. Some of the former clients that I've worked with are up there. Uh, I love hearing from people that have read the book. I love hearing stories of folks that work remotely, and, and I love tackling projects remotely and uh so yeah feel free to reach out to me on either of those mediums and i look forward to hearing from folks right on well thanks very much for being here today i really enjoyed it you bet take care hope everyone is a little bit more uh 
in tune and happy with life. I uh, hope your life's smarter, better, faster, and wiser, especially when it comes to remote working. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Enjoy Darren's book, Living the Remote Dream. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.